Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm back home now from our um, vacation in the mountains, where I ran into a, I think, a French-speaking Packers fan. Oh, over in the eastern Sierras, and then in the ancient Bristlecone Forest, ran into a pair of Packers fans. Uh, I guess Wisconsin expats living in, I think, maybe living, uh, I'm not sure where. But, Probably California. Yeah, out in the middle of nowhere. We're in the desert. Packers fans are everywhere. To a couple of Packers fans. You can't, you can't avoid us. We're everywhere. You're just, we're around every corner. But that's pretty cool. I hadn't, you hadn't told me that yet. But anyway, go Pack Go. We are go here go. today to talk about the Broncos game on Sunday, though. Do a little preview chat about a few things we don't really have any Packers news from this week so far so we can kind of just get into it but before we do just wanted to pitch a couple of things if you like what you hear here today come give us a follow on Twitter at father son Packer we tweet out when we have new episodes out articles we find interesting etc 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 so come check that out we also are going to start tweeting out data that we find interesting uh leading up to the games kind of give you uh, like some context around a lot of the stuff that we're already going to talk about here but maybe some stuff that we just didn't find a spot to include it so Come give us a follow there. Get some more information. Always good to stay informed as Packers fans. And then come on and uh, subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google, we're everywhere. We even put all our episodes out on YouTube if you want to subscribe to us there. It would really help our numbers. So yeah, come check us out there. Come check us out on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. But Dad, should we get into the injury report? Not Like I said, not a lot of news and notes around the Packers this week. No, except the monster injury report. Yes, a monster injury report for the Packers this week. Coming off of a bye, so like, what the hell, man, I guess is all I have to say. Going to read it off here. For the Packers, well, I'll start for the Broncos. So for the Broncos, they're only going to have one player with an injury designation. That is Greg Dulcich, uh, tight end. He is going to be out for the game. For the Packers, on the other hand, though, going to read it off. They have one player who is doubtful, and that's Devondre Campbell with the same ankle injury that's held him out previously. And then... I'm going to get my, you know, the people that read off all of the, like, symptoms after <laughs> at the end of a, a pharmaceutical oh, ad. I'm just going to get ready for that. Uh, all right. So we have Jair Alexander with a back injury is questionable, but he did not participate in practice on Friday. So that is not great. Same with Elton Jenkins with a knee injury. He is also questionable and did not participate in practice on Friday. Both of those guys were limited Thursday and then didn't practice Friday. So that's not ideal. Beyond that, Zane Anderson safety is questionable with a hamstring injury. Uh, Aaron Jones is questionable still with the same hamstring injury. Yash Nyman was not on the injury report Wednesday or Thursday, but was a limited participant Friday. He is questionable with a knee injury. Darnell Savage, limited uh, every day of the week, questionable with a calf injury. Eric Stokes could possibly maybe make his return this weekend. We're not sure yet. Uh, limited each day this week is questionable foot injury. Quay Walker, knee injury, limited each day this week and is questionable. And then Devontae Wyatt, also a knee injury, limited each day this week and is questionable. Woo, Dad, that is quite a long one. I think, for me, I am a little bit more worried of Jair and Elton than anything, which sucks because, you know, probably the two best players on that injury report. So not ideal, not ideal at all. Yeah. I mean, it really is really disturbing to go from just get progressively worse by, you know, participation report every day of the week. So like Jair Wednesday, not on the list at all. Thursday limited Friday DNP. 
and and Elton uh, limited limited and then DNP and it's then not great. Yash going not listen not listen to limited. We're going yeah. backwards after the bye. Yep, we're we're coming out of the bye, going backwards, kind of like how we went into the bye, kind of you know going down a little bit. But yeah, so kind of alarming that the Packers with an extra week of rest are somehow more dinged up now than they were going into the bye. I it's I'm just inexplicable being like super inclusive of every little thing. I I don't know, but I but I I do worry about um, Jair because it is uh, that back injuries sprung that yeah it has, has like flared back up again. Back injuries are always extra tricky. Um, but beyond that, I mean, nothing really else much can do. You'd assume that if Elton can't go, it's going to be Royce Newman taking his spot. The last time Jair couldn't go, they went with kind of a little bit of a by-committee approach with Carrington Valentine as the uh, coverage corner, and then they brought on Corey Ballantyne when they needed like a corner who was more run support-esque. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, they will probably... I'm not really sure what they're going to do with that one. And then, you know, we'll see if Stokes is active or not. That's a good point. Yeah. That'll make a and then, big difference. Do in, they have in... an elevation left for Ballantyne? I guess is my question. They've used it. Ooh, I've, I've lost track of Ballantyne. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. But they, be... they did gains a couple times early, I think, rather than Ballantyne. I don't, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, beyond that, though, uh, that's kind of how the injury report's looking. Not great. Not great at all, um, but nothing else we can really do there, Dad. Should we move on to the game preview in earnest? Yep, let's get let's get down to brass tacks, as it were. Yes, yes, we should. All right, before we go any further, let's start with some quick facts. Why is it brass tacks anyway? That's a good point. Are they are they like extra special? Do they really count? Do they, do they matter more? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's like, let's get down to the minutia. Like, let's get down to the details, maybe. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm anyway. Using expressions, the, I don't actually know what they originally mean. Back to the rails. I think that's like every expression. <laughs> any, like, any idiom, I don't think most people could say where it came from. But anyway, quick facts. So, game this weekend. Idiots with idioms. On, on, on to the game. Is that the new title of the podcast? <laughs> All right. Uh, in Denver, 225 local time. Supposed to be a very pleasant 78 degrees, partly cloudy. Uh, according to Caesar Sportsbook, Packers are one-point favorites with an over/under of 45 for an implied score of 23 to 22 Green Bay. Um, that you know kind of makes sense. Packers on the road here favored a little surprising, maybe, especially at elevation where you know Denver that home field advantage is even more real than any other home field advantage in the NFL. Keep an eye on Packers players. You might see a lot of huffing and puffing out there without much oxygen. Keep the oxygen ready for them on the sidelines, especially for those big fellas. Um, but yeah, so dad, that's the quick facts. Keeping up with the Joneses though. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with the Broncos. Um, so for the Broncos, they had pretty high expectations coming into this year uh, with Sean Payton. Uh, coming in to take over the team and hopefully fix some of the issues that plagued them last year. Like we talked about, they had a really, really poor season last season. I'm sure everyone knows. Uh, coming into the year, per Vegas Insider, they had an over-under to open the season of eight and a half wins. But things have not quite gone to plan, we'll say. They're really struggling so far this year. They are one and five. They have yet to win at home. Uh, their only win so far is a late-game comeback against the Chicago Bears. And their over-under has fallen all the way down to four and a half wins per Vegas Insider. So that's quite the slide. And you could, and you could say that that win against the Bears shouldn't even happen. Yeah, the Bears the Bears fumbled, like completely fell apart at the end, essentially, is what happened in that game. And while the Packers are coming off of a bye... 
Uh, not that it has helped them very much in the rest department. The Broncos are coming off of a mini buy after their loss to the Chiefs on Thursday night last week. Uh, so rest yeah, would be it's, about even. It's, and, the, and the Packers were on Monday night, too. So it was only a three-day difference. The Packers get their buy, and they only get a three-day three day advantage in rest. It's like minimal. Yeah. And I did just double check. He is out of elevations. Uh, Corey Ballantyne oh, is. Oh, Ballantyne so, is. Okay. Uh, ignore what we said about him possibly being an answer there. Uh, that was per PackersWire.com. Um, however, overall, on the year, the Broncos rank on offense 17th by DVOA, 20th in passing, 11th in rushings per FTN. They are 16th in EPA per play, 20th in dropback EPA, 16th in rush EPA per RBSTM.com. And they are 16th in success rate, 14th in dropback success rate, 17th in rush success rate. So they're kind of middle of the pack on offense. Defense, however, so far this year has been a different story for the Broncos. They have been, I'm just going to say it, they've been downright dreadful. 32nd by DVOA, 32nd in passing, 31st in rushing, 32nd in EPA per play, 32nd in dropback EPA, 30th in rush EPA, and 31st in success rate, 32nd in dropback success rate, and 19th in rush success rate. So, you know, I guess they at least got that going for them. But, Dad, this team has underperformed. I will say has not been a very good team so far this year, but I think the Packers have to take them seriously because, you know, the last time I got overconfident about a game was just the last game the Packers played against the Raiders. And I said, multiple, I said multiple times, I was like, I don't know how the Packers lose this game. And then here we are. I want but, to say it again, but dad, I know. Right. But dad, <laughs> I have been the Broncos. The Broncos are worse. The Broncos are worse than the Raiders. Yeah. The Broncos lost to the Raiders. So, you know, Double down is, I guess, what we're going for. But, Dad, I have been talking a lot. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Um, But, Dad, I have been talking a lot. I have been monologuing a little bit. Let me toss it over to you. (laughs) My dog. You caught me monologuing. Um, But let's start with the meat of our game breakdown, the general thoughts we have about this game. And, you know, I'm starting you in your favorite section, which is, hey, now play nice. So, Dad, I'm going to throw it over to you. When you finally have gotten a chance to to say your spiel, you're going to have to say some nice things about the Broncos. Go ahead. All right. So I was looking at what I've glommed onto is there's several aspects of the um, offensive run game, some metrics where the Broncos are um, either above average or, or, or good. Per um, FTN Fantasy, they, they lead the league in power success by DVOA. So that's basically the ability to get a first down or a touchdown in short yardage situations. So like, I think it's like two yards or less um, to get on second or third down to get a first down or a touchdown. So that kind of a power run that the, something the Packers have struggled with on offense and defense. Yeah. Um, that, you don't say <laughs> last few decades, um, last decade, maybe. I don't know. They, they are also sixth in DVO, DVOA in both second level run and open field run ranking. So those are rushing yards earned. Second level, they assign it to the yards that are earned between the five ten and the ten yen mark, ten five yard and ten yard mark from the line of scrimmage, and then the open field. If it's anything more, the yards that are earned past ten yards on an individual play on a run. So these are intended to measure the contribution of the running backs instead of the O line on the run play. They are also fourth in the league in yards per rush attempt per Pro Football Reference. Uh, 4.9 yards per attempt. Green Bay, for comparison, only gets 3.5 yards per attempt. So We get, we get had... that many? <laughs> Are we sure? 
that might high. include more than the, that might include Jordan Love in that one. That was I think that that statistic was not uh, running back specific. I don't think I'd have to look. I have some running back specific ones later. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's there, maybe there one some... of the strikes is is they have some they have some um, good running game, some good run game, and some running backs who have um, been performing well. Yeah. And for me, the positive that I had is that Russell Wilson has bounced back this year after the worst year of his career last year. Um, You may assume because the Broncos have struggled so much that he is still struggling as well. Um, But that is not necessarily the case. So last year, uh, so first I'm going to actually, unfortunately, have to say some bad things. But last year, uh, per RBSDM, he was 31st in EPA per play, 41st in success rate, 35th in completion percentage over expectation, 29th in PFF grade, and he also averaged only 18.5 rushing yards per game and 5 uh, yards per attempt per pro football reference. But this year, on the other hand, he has gone all the way back up to 12th in EPA per play, 11th in success rate, 5th in completion percentage over expectation. Uh, last year, he was also 29th in PFF grade. I forgot to mention that. This year, he's 17th in PFF grade. And he's up to 25 rushing yards per game, which is ninth in the league amongst quarterbacks. And then 6.8 yards per attempt, which doesn't qualify because he hasn't had enough attempts. But... If, he, if you were to include him, he would be first among all quarterbacks per pro football reference. So Russell Wilson is actually playing some decent football right now, um, much better than last year. He doesn't look like he's completely fallen apart. So there is, they do at least have that going for them. Uh, but that, that's a couple nice things we have to say about the Broncos. Uh, what are some things, though, that perhaps you are nervous about? Maybe some parts where the Packers might have some specific vulnerabilities to the Broncos' uh, plan of attack. So mine is related to the strength that I that I saw for Denver, and that's I'm I'm more ner- nervous about long runs by the Denver running backs. So I, I looked through, got started with the data from Pro Football Reference um, to get long runs for each running back, and calculated basically long runs per attempt. Um, so that being runs over ten yards. So I just chose the ten yard cutoff. Among running backs with at least 10 carries, um, Jaleel, Jaleel McLaughlin? Jaleel McLaughlin, yeah. Is fifth in the league in percentage of runs going for 10 yards or more. Um, P. Ryan is 17th, and Javante Williams is still above average at 26th out of 80, 82 qualifiers. Let's compare that to A.J. Dillon, who is 70th, and Aaron Jones is 77th, basically tied for last with zero. Yeah, um, long, not long great runs. for uh, not great for us. But you didn't you didn't need it, to take a shot at the Packers running game there. I guess just I appreciate how good they are. <laughs> fair enough. And I mean, suppose fair mean, enough. Meanwhile, Green Bay is only is twenty sixth on defense in the second level run. So second level run defense by DVOA. Um, so this is one of the cases where one of the um, Broncos' strengths aligns against the Packers' weakness. Plus, Green Bay is only twenty sixth in adjusted line yards on defense against the run. So it may give the Broncos running backs more opportunities to get into the second level and then gain extra yards on their own to get yeah. past the line of scrimmage and then get extra yards on their own. So that's something that makes me a little nervous is them getting loose and running wild in our um, defensive secondary. Yeah, and adjusted line yards, that's per FTN, uh, as same place as DVOA. For me, uh, I also had something to say about their running backs, but for me, it was the way that Denver uses uh, the running backs in the passing game. And all the data here is per PFF. Uh, I did a few calculations on my own. Um, but so per PFF, the Broncos are third in the league in targets to running backs, 
first in the league in receptions by running backs and second in the league in receiving yards by running backs. And all that is despite actually being about middle in the pack and routes run by running backs. Uh, and then on the other side, per footballdb.com, the Packers have allowed the fourth most targets per game, fifth most receptions per game, and fifth most receiving yards per game to running backs. So hey, running backs... You know, what, it, you know what I say of that in our favor? What? Um, they're giving their their rank in actual receptions given up is better than the rank in targets. That's true. I suppose that is true. But the <laughs> the my point being essentially just that Denver will heavily use the Broncos running backs in the passing game, and the Packers have kind of let teams use running backs in the passing game. So kind of steer they they're gonna zig and we're gonna let them zig i guess uh but yeah so that's that's something that i'm uh slightly concerned about yeah maybe maybe when you're playing defense when somebody zigs you don't want to zag go, yeah. go the opposite direction i guess i suppose maybe but anyway so that that's something that i'm at least keeping my eye on but dad let's kind of move on to maybe a more optimistic view and let's talk about a few exploitable weaknesses that the broncos might have for me the one that I was going to point out specifically was that they're pretty soft in the trenches on defense. Uh, per ESPN, they're 31st in pass rush win rate and 32nd in run stop win rate, which, woof. Uh, per PFF, they have the fewest pressures in the league per, for any team. Uh, and then they're 21st in D-line average depth of tackle on run plays per PFF as well. So, not great. Not great uh, in the trenches for the Broncos defense. Dad, what did you have as maybe some exploitable weaknesses for the Broncos? So... Basically, they're well. It's really their defense, which is bad all over. So I actually, I, I got, I, I, I piled on and have two different things with multiple parts to each. I know and, that was very hard for you to do. <laughs> you, you really, you really felt that in your soul, piling on the Broncos. You know, it was kind of easy. Um, so they're bad at all kinds of run defense metrics. They're thirty second on defense in running back running back yards per carry per FTN Fantasy. They're 30th in second-level running back yards and 32nd, so dead last in open field yards to running backs. So they have a similar weakness there as the Packers, except I think they're even worse. Yeah, which um, is hard to imagine, isn't it? Imagine yeah. the Packers' run defense, but substantially worse. And now imagine something worse. And they're 27th in adjusted line yards um, to running backs even, so also worse than Green Bay. So what basically, you... take, take Green Bay's bad running defense that we think of as bad running defense and imagine something worse. What are you going to do if the Packers somehow still can't run the ball on these okay. guys? Like, um, imagine they just still can't get any push. Yeah, PFF also calls them a counts them as a bad run defense, third to last, and they are dead last in PFF tackling grade. And it was so low, I started going back year by year to see who was who was dead last every year, and I didn't find a team that was worse than that than them this year so far. Till I got to 2011, 12 years ago, is how far back you have to go to get to a tackling defense as bad as the Broncos are this year. Yikes. That's yeah. bad. That's really bad. That's really I bad. could it's not like, drive it's, in it's 2011. It's in the 20s as a team. It's, as, if you know PFF grades, like average is 60. I was not even in high school in 2011. <laughs> that's, that's how long ago that was. But yes, yeah. that is bad. Um, but yeah, and there so, are definitely... And there, oh, and, yeah. And so you have more, I'm sure. I'm sure you have more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. They're also bad in pass defense, 32nd by DVOA, according to FTN Fantasy. So dead last again. They're 23rd in defending wide receiver ones. They're second worst defending wide receiver twos. Second worst in defending wide receiver, C wide receiver threes. So these might be slot um, receivers. 
and sixth worst in defending pass catching running backs. And they're bad all every level of the field. I looked at the um, FTN Fantasy also has this nice thing where they break down uh, different parts of the field uh, and how good you are. Short, middle, deep, left, right, middle. They're basically second worst or worst everywhere. Every single every single part of the field, they're bad in. There's not a single one they're good in. Which is kind of wild to think about. The, the wide receiver ones one is really surprising to me because you know Patrick Sertan is one of yeah. the, generally considered one of the better corners in the league and they were right. maybe maybe he he was doing all the work to get them from 32nd all the way to 23rd he's he's right. he's and trying so, to carry an anchor yeah. on his back pretty much and all so the way I'm up this hill at, you know PFF's grades for their corners and coverage after Sertan their corners are really nothing special their number two outside corner Damari Mathis has a coverage grade of only 37.6 that's that's rough that's not great yeah that's not good. And they have they have like you know Simmons is a pretty good safety, but it's just a team. Their on... safeties did score a little bit better than their corners. Yeah, um, in coverage and defense overall. Yeah, and you know, it's it's been a struggle so far for the Broncos. We'll say it's been a struggle. Um, but that that kind of takes us over to the Packers side of things. Uh, anything else you wanted to add on on the Broncos side, or should we move into what we hope the Packers do uh, in this coming game? Let's go on to what we hope the Packers going to do. Okay, so game. for the Packers, yeah. um, I, I'm i thinking, you know, the main thing I want to see is I would like to see some noticeable changes after the bye. Um, and maybe some ones that I have in mind are possibly some offensive line changes. Um, Nyman instead of Walker for run blocking is something that I've kind of been thinking about. Now, I, um, what's going to call it? Andy Herman had his uh, happy hour today uh, for the Packaday podcast, and he was fielding questions. And one of the questions that... I asked was um, essentially like, what would he think about putting in Nyman over Walker? And he, and he was pretty much like, well, you know, Nyman's not under contract after this year. You kind of would rather have Walker like get some development there because he is, and Nyman probably won't be back, which fair, but you know, if they, if they feel like the offense itself is tanking because they can't run the football, I think putting Nyman in that left tackle might be able to help that. He was much better. Uh, at run blocking last year than Walker's been this year. Walker's been their worst run blocker so far this year. Uh, and then the other thing is like to see more inside zone. Feels like they can't run outside at all. And as we talked about in the bye week wrap up episode, uh, bye week breakdown episode, we'll say uh, they're running way more power each year. Uh, the last three years, including like two years ago, last year, and this year. Uh, and I just feel like they're not quite very good at it. Uh, so I'd like to see some more inside zone. Um, I know outside zone is the one that everyone thinks of, but the Packers have not been able to run outside much at all. So maybe don't do that. Um, Dad, what do you yeah, hope? At the- least stop pitching it wide or doing the end around or whatever. That's get, losing you eight yards every time you try it. All it's like, okay, the- that drive's over. It might as well you- have been a ho- It's like it's uh, a holding penalty, except you also lose the down. Yeah. And I noticed you uh, seem fine with the with the option. It sounds like you you haven't you didn't mention that 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 sounds like it's still on the table for you. You you didn't say to get rid of that. Get rid of the option. You you. It sounds like oh, you're on board with it. Oh oh, the option where yes, where, where, where it love, sounds like you're love. you're great with that, which also loses ten yards. <laughs> That's also yes, yeah, similar. Yeah, let's Anything, have uh, let's any have pitch? usually like the, the 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 old style college option with uh, love carrying it. Right, they they've ran it. it. And it has, uh, we'll say, not worked. Not worked at all. More, they, they, they need to do like a wishbone. They need more guys in the backfield to pitch it to. Yeah. More, let's more go pitching. Back, let's, go back, let's go back five decades. Pitch it even more. Um, <laughs> pitch it I would, further back. Yeah. 
I would like to maybe see some like end arounds though if you're gonna run it outside. Although they haven't they just haven't blocked them up very well, so it's like maybe not maybe even. Maybe rather than the know. the uh, you know going deep with that, maybe the jet motion where yeah. you're giving it to them close to the line of scrimmage instead of starting them off eight yards back. Yeah, but it, that hasn't been blocked very well either. I I feel like just like you know the the guys on offense are just not getting a very good beat on the snap, and so they're almost getting getting passed by almost instantaneously on the outside there and the guy doesn't have enough room to turn the corner but i mean i think they should at least try it and hopefully they've cleaned it up a little bit but i don't know that was for just my yeah, thoughts I mean, on i always the thing about that is why does it always feel like we're outnumbered every time on every time play? we go outside or anytime There's we run like outside eight defenders waiting for the tackle and we got like two blockers trying to take care of them all well, like, it does how make this, you how how much are we tipping your hand? They know to just start flooding over there on every one of those plays. Well, it certainly is possible that us not having that problem last year and the years prior might have been a Rogers thing. You know, he was one of the best ever at reading defenses pre-snap, and perhaps he checked them out of those looks where Love with less experience. I mean, not on him. Like you'd expect him to have less experience and not being able to read a defense quite as well. Maybe that's an artifact of that. Who knows? So here's here's a here's a question to posit. Is it that he's not able to read it or he's not given the freedom to read it? I would guess the first one. Um but even if he, but if he's not given the freedom to read it, I mean so then LaFleur should LaFleur should be the one to, to be doing that. But I digress. Dad, what do you hope the Packers you know, how do you hope they approach this game? So it's kind of I want to see them establish the run inside. Um the Broncos defensive line is not particularly strong against the run um so yeah. basically if you that's look at putting their, it that's putting it gently but i mean as the whole defense are bad but also the defensive line basically from most snaps to least snaps so like they've got one defensive lineman with a basically average grade 61.6 and all all the rest are below average in running grade. so i think i'd like to see and i think that's something that if it's dylan he does more effectively running up the middle, then go, trying to go wide. And I think they could have more success running there. And then the other thing I wanted to do is something I don't know if we – I feel like we've not t- done this so much. Find their weakness and hit it and hit it and hit it and hit it and hit it. And by that I mean find who Mathis is guarding and throw it up and, and just throw it to that guy all the time. If it's Watson or Dobbs, just pick yeah. on him. There's no need to test Sertan. You don't need to do it. He can just stay out on an island, shutting down wherever he is. You have enough other players, and they should be able to win their matchups. We'll see. We'll see. They should be able to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say they will. I'm. I'm no longer making bold declarations about what the Packers want them will to do. Find the le- the weak link and pick on it until they like, take the guy off the field. Yep. Kind of basketball esque in that way. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's kind of you know. I think those are both. I think everything we've said, you know, very reasonable. Very reasonable of requests course, of the Packers. Of course, because yes. we've said it. Yes, of course. Completely reasonable. Um, but, Dad, that kind of takes us to next section. Uh, don't take your eye off that guy. And this is either players that we think will be standouts, players that we think will decide the game, or, you know, just players that we'd like to like to watch and we're specifically looking for. For me, that was Christian Watson. Uh, through weeks four and five, uh, he's kind of been working his way back. Week four, he played 46% of snaps per pro football reference. On uh, week five, he played 84% of snaps, so kind of getting back to a full complement of snaps. Uh, through those two weeks, however, he just has five catches on 11 targets. Uh, I know a lot of that is deep targets, so it's like 
a less likely completion. So you don't expect uh, the completion percentage when targeted to be quite as good. Um, but I would like to see him, you know, play a bit better out of the bye, maybe getting his legs back underneath him. I mean, we saw how dynamic he was last year, and it'd just be nice to see him build on that as opposed to, you know, maybe just, you know, through two weeks, I'm not I'm not saying it really matters, but, you know, through two weeks, he struggled a little bit. First two weeks back from an injury, I'm not that concerned about it, but it would be nice to see him kind of bounce back. Dad, who are you keeping your eye on in this game? So it'll depend on who's the starter, but either Aaron Jones or A.J. Dillon. Yeah. Though right now I'm thinking that Jones is going to start. This is a ch- because I think this is a chance to get some long runs against what it seems to be the worst run defense in the league. So far, Jones has zero out of 14 runs. His two long plays were in week one are both passing plays. And Dillon has two a lo- uh, runs over 10 yards out of 64. Um. And they may get, as you mentioned, Denver's um, adjusted line yards are also bad, so they could get more opportunities just to um, surge and get through to the next level. And I think, as you mentioned, there are going to be opportunities for running backs as pass catchers against Denver, with them being the second worst um, in the league at defending running backs as receivers. I actually did not mention that. I was talking about it the other way. But they are also also poor at defending pass-catching running backs, yes. Oh yeah, sorry. I had I, I actually that that's something that I think we could take advantage of. And even Dylan, who for some reason has been getting less and less work, um, receiving as a running back, but they definitely want to use Jones as a receiver, based on the one full game we got. Yeah, that we um, did. We did we get a full yeah. game? I don't think we did. <laughs> no, we didn't really get a full game, did we? No, we got <laughs> uh, we got the first quarter. We got. Bart, start start of the third part quarter. Of, part of the third quarter. And then nothing. Pretty and much. And he put the game away. Yeah. But I, I think it, that uh, yeah, they could get a, a, um, a lot of production from pass-catching running backs this game against Denver's defense. And so that's why I want to keep an eye on the running backs. I think it, they could actually really feast in this game. Yeah. And, I mean, it would certainly make life a lot easier for Jordan Love and for the offense as a whole if they could because – now, I'm a little worried with I'm a, I'm kind of expecting Elton not to play that left side of the line that's, that that's yeah. Little, that, yeah that's concerning to me that popped up late in the week as it were yeah man I mean just missing your two best linemen it's driving for, me bonkers yeah and it's like you know did we really need to see Elton play in that Raiders game that badly like to the point where he's not healthy coming out of the bye like, could we just have given him that week off, given him an extra two weeks off? Like, does it, I don't know. I I, I guess it's easy to say it that when they... It seem to be really quick. Really quick. When he first came back. Yeah, and it's like, it's obviously easy to say that when they lose that Raiders game. It's like, okay, it was for nothing, but but still. like, And he didn't play particularly well in that game. He clearly didn't look right. I don't know. It's only Only they know what's going on between those walls in terms of, you know, the doctors and stuff. Um, but Dad, let's move on to overtime, where we kind of get to talk about some things that we had not yet gotten to discuss in our usual segments uh, that we still wanted to talk about. And for me, that was the skill position players. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about this sentiment that's going around that Dontavian Wicks needs more snaps, which I understand on its face because, you know, against man coverage, uh, like his win rate uh, per next-gen stats is... <laughs> number one with a bullet like he he has been excellent against uh man coverage 
um, per advanced stats. So that's pretty awesome. When he's been on the field, he's been really good. Um, however, so through the first four weeks, his median snap percentage uh, in a game was 60% of offensive snaps. Uh, in week five, with Watson back on a full complement of snaps, that dropped all the way down to 22%. But my question is, and Dad, you can give me an answer if you'd like, is whose snaps do you want him taking? Uh, Jaden Reed is going to get the majority of the slot snaps, and he's looked good in that role. He's looked really good in that role at times. He's playing about 56% of snaps right now. Christian Watson is pretty much the main speed presence on the offense and is probably the receiver with the highest ceiling. And then Romeo Dobbs has been your best receiver so far this year. He's been playing about 86% of snaps. He leads all Packers receivers in targets, receptions, yards, touchdowns, receiving first downs, and catch percentage. So it's not just that he's getting a lot of targets. He's also catching a lot of balls and, like, you know, he's playing well. I think Dobbs has been really good, and he also has probably the best connection with Jordan Love of any of the receivers. Um, I guess if you really wanted to get Wicks out there more, the best option would be to rotate him and Dobbs more. But I do feel like Dobbs has played really well outside of the, you know, he didn't play very well in the Raiders game, but the rest of the games, he's looked really good. So I don't know, Dad, what do you think about how they might want to get Wicks? Oh, and then the other thing I was going to say is they're they're not they're just not going to run that many four receiver sets uh, because that means taking Musgrave off the field, who is someone they're super high on, and he might as well be a big receiver anyways. He's playing about 75% of snaps right now on offense. Dad, what would you do like to get Wicks on the field? Is is there an, There's not an easy solution to me. Yeah, that's a good question about uh, – he's has been really efficient when he's been out there. So I was looking at his, his his slot percentage for Wicks is 28% so far for the season, while, you know, Reed's at 73%. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Reed's been taking pretty much the majority, like almost all of the slot work when he's been on the field. And I don't know how you – is the thing. It's like when you have all these young guys, they all need development – so it's like, oh, just take off one of the old guys. Like there is no old there's guy. No for, old there's guy. no old guy for Every, him to everybody, take. Spot. Everybody needs development. Yeah. And so everyone needs these snaps. And so, I mean, I know some people would argue that Wix has been better than Dobbs. I don't know that I necessarily agree. Um, some of the advanced stats would say perhaps, at least against man coverage. But, you know, Dobbs has had a really good season so far this year. And when they've needed like like a like gotta have it down they've often gone to Dobbs especially at the goal line and so I don't know how you reconcile getting development for these young receivers that you're super high on which like I'm high on Wicks too it's like I think it is just it's a difficult like problem to have I mean they could do more more five out they could I don't but then you're taking Aaron Jones off the field I'm not sure I'm not sure what you do there uh I guess I, I don't I'm not expecting you to have an answer, but that's just those are my I don't thoughts. I really on it. have a good answer. Um, I mean, it's possible that in the long run, Wicks could end up being better than Dobbs. We don't know that yet. So, I, but I would like to see him get some um, additional work. Do they do Do they do four? Do they do put up, put and, four wide receivers on the field more and, often and take Musgrave off the field? I I don't see them doing that because they they just seem so high on Musgrave. I mean, Lafleur was just talking about him just this week about how, how good he was looking in practice. And I feel like they feel it's almost a weekly thing. They're talking about him, but that's kind of the one thing that I wanted to talk about. Dad, what did you have for overtime? Yeah. I mean, Oh, for, for my overtime or unless you wanted to talk, unless you wanted to say anything more about Wicks. Um, it is kind of the the situation where their fourth wide receiver is not going to get many snaps. 
Yeah. In it's... general, because um, they want it. They, you've got Jones is basically the best offensive playmaker right now. And they want to get Musgrave to play a lot. They've been using him a ton. And they always like to have a tight end on the field for a lot of their sets. So then it becomes, you already see he's, I think, getting a lot more work than Toure. Yeah, he's got almost twice as many pass play snaps as Toure. So he's he's well up as the fourth wide receiver. Um, yeah. And so in some cases, he's sort of a valuable death piece where you don't get as much of a drop-off with somebody has to miss a game or some plays, which we have seen is important. And it's good for a lot of teams. But that will he be more than that? I don't know. Or I don't at least know. It makes sense to be doing it using him that way now yeah yeah i just i'm not i'm not sure what the the easiest way to get him on the field more is but dad what did you have for your overtime so i looked a little bit at sort of big picture off it well two things one was sort of the, the big picture off it overall offensive defensive performance so green bay and denver have almost identical points per drive we talk about this a lot you know about the points per drive being an important metric for a turn-based sport Green Bay get, uh, sorry, Denver at 1.89 points per drive and Green Bay at 1.88. So basically identical, well within like margin of error. But Green Bay is much better on defense than Denver. Denver is dead last in points given up per drive on defense at 2.97, while Green Bay is 19th. So still bottom half, but 1.95, almost like one point less given up on defense per drive. Denver is also last in yards per drive at 41.3. Green Bay is 17th at 30.7. So, and you know how it seems to us sometimes when we're watching a game that Green Bay just can't get their defense on the field and they give up these long, time-consuming drives? And it's true. They're seventh worst. Um, but Denver is even worse. They're third worst in um, like the, the number, the minutes per drive given up by the defense. So... That's kind of a big picture about how the team is doing drive it. So offenses are kind of similar, but Denver's defense is even worse than is significantly worse than Green Bay's. Yeah. And the other thing we haven't you talked a little bit about Russell Wilson and how um he's rebounded some this year. But one thing I wanted to talk about I saw is that his worst passing grade in PFF is when he's being blitzed. And that's showing a bigger difference even than if just generally being pressured. So when he's blitzed, his rating is 65.2, QB rating, versus 94 um, when pressured, or 109.6 when not blitzed. And his PFF grade is also kind of, has the same pattern. So grade of 50 when he's blitzed, 50.2, 61.8 when he's pressured, and 74.9 when he's not blitzed. So something to think about. Yeah, um, we know the Packers don't generally blitz very much. Um, and what I found was interesting is that it often you feel like, well, if you can get home with fewer, that's good. That's better. But here, pressured by itself didn't have as much of an effect as blitzed. Interesting, which is which is kind of interesting because, you know, generally it's like, oh, the more experienced quarterbacks are not the ones you want to blitz because they're more ready for it. But it is interesting with, with uh, Wilson, at least this year, that that is not necessarily the case. Uh, yeah, overall, his his rating when pressured is near the top of the league. But his rating when blitz, I haven't, I couldn't find the actual ranking of it. But it's uh, you know, it takes a much bigger hit when blitz than versus just being pressured. And maybe yeah, you expect a 
um, more experienced quarterback to be able to identify where the blitz is coming from, who's going to be open, where to go with it. Yeah. And especially, I mean, I'm sure if this was old Russell Wilson with like all of his mobility still there, and he's more, he's looked more mobile this year than last year, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, can't quite escape but the blitz quite as well as he used to be able to. When we was like running around and like, you see like Preston and Zadarius like yeah. trying to get him and he's like running around there for eight seconds. Just dodging and weaving. I mean, you know what Russell Wilson, I mean, sorry, you know what Preston Smith said? He, he said it's like chasing, it a, like chasing a chicken with a head cut off, I think it was. or No, chasing, in a, chasing a chicken in a yard with no fence, I think is, wh- is what he said, which is some, quite the say, same. Some kind of farm reference. I couldn't remember what it was. Yeah, I think it was chasing a chicken in a, in a yard with no fence, which is just a good one. Um, but no, yeah, the, Russell Wilson back in that day used to be crazy mobile, and he's looking a little more mobile this year too. I, I think they talked about coming out of the offseason in week one that he had like lost some weight um, to try and get some of that mobility back. Uh, but, Dad, let's move on and kind of start wrapping it up here. The bottom line, um, this is kind of where, you know, if, if one thing – if so I'll just, I'll just tee it off for you. In this game, the Broncos win if blank. So I think they have to have a lot of things go right for them. So I have, like, if they can run for 200 yards, over 200 yards, and get a fluke score. Okay. Okay, I see Where, it. Like a special, a special team score and a defensive score. So they get a they, they basically control the clock and put out a lot of run yards and get one, like, weird score. For me, I said that the Broncos win if the Packers turn the ball over a lot, which would be the same script as the Raiders game. Um, I think it looks like you added something here. Uh, after the last few weeks, Green Bay is tied for the second highest percentage of drives ending in an interception. I love to hear that. That's amazing. <laughs> it's great news. But would we have like six in the last three games or something? Uh, it was going so well the that first sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, the thing is, what's happening is they're just sitting on these throws in the middle because they know we're going to throw it in the middle of the field. And no, and this it's twice has happened that the linebackers have just not gotten sucked up at all by play action once against the Lions and Anzalone, and then once against the the Raiders uh, and I forget the line, Spillane I think his name is. Um, um, yes, I but, can be right. That sounds familiar. But the linebackers just don't move up, and then Love throws the ball without checking the linebackers, just assuming they're going to get drawn up by the play action. I mean, it's just got to be better than that. Um, but that would be how I think Denver would end up winning this game. Dad, the Packers win if blank. So I like, if they could stop Denver from running, I mean, if, if they could slow down Denver's running game, I don't know what De- you know, that's their Denver's, I think, biggest advantage. And I don't expect Denver, the Denver D to be able to slow down the Green Bay running and passing attack, both of them. So if the Packers could slow stop um, and hold the Denver running in check, then I think they win the game. So let's For say me, under 100 yards, then I think they win. Okay. For me, I had the Packers win if just they can run the ball. If the Packers can run the ball, that means they don't need to pass as much, which means they're not going to turn the ball over as much, probably, knock on wood. Um, and uh, the main, I think, avenue for Denver to kind of capitalize on a messy game kind of goes away if the Packers can just handle things on the ground and just you know not have to worry about taking big risks. But, Dad, that's the bottom line. Let's start wrapping things up here. Score prediction, what do you got? So, since both these are bad, even though you might think both teams are bad so they wouldn't be able to do much, I, I, I think there'd be some points scored here and then have the Packers winning 20-17 to 17 over the Broncos. Okay. I have uh, the Packers winning 17-13. to 13. I think this game is going to be ugly. I think this game is going to be borderline unwatchable. If you are not a Packers <laughs> or Broncos fan... 
Please don't watch this game. I do, I beg you. I beg you not to watch this game. I they're televising it. It won't be the worst game on on Sunday. Do you see what's happening in this Raiders Bears game? Oh my goodness. No and Justin Garoppolo's out. Fields is out. No Fields, no Garoppolo. Um, so it's no, it's going to be no Khalil Herbert, no Rashawn Johnson. Yeah, so it's going to be but it's going to be essentially Either Aiden O'Connell and Brian Hoyer, probably Brian Hoyer, because that's what they went with last time against Tyson Badgett. No, so they went like, with O'Connell last time. He was a train wreck. No, I thought they went with Hoyer against the Patriots uh, just last week. Um, oh, last week. No, yes. I meant a few weeks ago. They went with O'Connell. No, just last. Yeah, just last week. Uh, I believe they went with Hoyer against the Patriots. Yeah, because after which, O'Connell's previous performance, they did not even have him active for the game. I think last week. Yeah, and so but, Hoyer was the backup. But so not the worst game on Sunday. At least, but not a good game to watch. Watch something else. Go watch like Eagles Dolphins or something. Go have fun. Go enjoy good football. Do not watch bad football. I beg of you. Um, but uh, that kind of wraps up our preview for this game. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully, we will be bringing you a post game after this game. Well, we'll be bringing you a post game no matter what, but hopefully, it's after a win. Um, and hopefully, we'll be in good spirits. Uh, but like we said earlier, if you like what you hear here today, come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. We, like we said, tweet out when we have new episodes, articles we find interesting, videos we find interesting, pieces of Packers news, interesting statistics for the upcoming games or coming out of games. Uh, we'll be having a thread going into and coming out of games going forward. But yeah, so if you like that, go check us out there. And if you like what you hear here today, come subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Put all our episodes out on YouTube as well if you want to check them out there. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Hopefully, Packers get a win, kind of get back on track, get back to 500. And until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.